Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. So we're getting into this new series about idols, and what we want to talk about first here is this idea of success, because I believe that this is one of those things that we just don't really, we don't really have a great understanding of what success actually is in our culture. Um, you know, for me, when I was younger, man, it was, it was a successful morning to, to get up out of bed nice and early and feeling good and just ready for the day. Now it's like if I can get out of bed with only one grunt, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Only having like one hip hurting and one knee like pounding all the way while I'm waking up for the first 10 steps. Success changes as we age. And actually, sometimes our ideas of success can actually be kind of gross, even taken in the church world. Uh, you know, I've got tons of, of pastor friends. Here's the thing. Sometimes you've got great leaders, great preachers who they can preach like crazy, they can lead a church into great growth, but the truth is, sometimes that personal stuff in their life there's not a ton of success always in the integrity and in the loyalty. You, you take a church, and, and sometimes what we look at as success in a church is all about numbers. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's kind of gross. It, it should not be all about that. Now, it, maybe there's, there's some, something about that that shows a little bit of, of success, but it's something more than that. I, had a, I, I knew of a guy who went to Bible school, the same one that I went to, and at first day of class, they were introducing each other in class and like, hey, my name is this, and, and telling stuff. And he says, I'm so-and-so, and, -so, and uh, he says, I just want to be big. And that's gross to me. He wanted to go into ministry to make a name for himself. And it's amazing how we just get the success thing wrong all the time. What, what really is success about? Is it about me doing really well in the job that I'm in? Or is it about having a pure heart in the way that I live my life? Now, the truth is, deep down, we all know the answer to that question. You know it because you've all had bosses who, who get things done at work, they make lots of money for the company, but you can't stand them as a person. So you, you know what that feeling is like. You've, you've had high school friends who they've gone on in the years after high school and they've made incredibly successful endeavors throughout their life and tons of money, boats, houses, cars, all the stuff. But you look at their life and you go, they're sad. There's something that has been missing. Maybe they've gone through four or five divorces and you're like, okay, there's some success, but there's not where, where it needs to be. You yourself, maybe you've gone through incredibly prosperous moments in your life. But even in those most prosperous moments, you look back and you're like, man, that was the saddest I ever was. And it's because we, we struggle with what actually success is all about. It's a hard thing for us to latch on to what success actually is. You'll find success in some areas of your life and then in the areas where, when it comes down to it, where you really wish you had the success, it's not there. So again, why are we talking about success when we're talking about idols? It's because we make idols of our success. We make idols of our jobs, of all these things around us that, that probably is just not the healthiest thing for us. 
We give success more authority than it should. Uh, we, we let our drive for success squeeze out relationships in our life. We let our drive for success monopolize our time and our energy to the point that you look back five years ago and you're like, man, I wish I could go back and change the way that I did things and didn't work so hard and I, I gave more to the things that mattered. So today, the question is not so much about whether or not success is becoming the most important thing. I think it's really about finding the areas of success that actually matter to us. Success is, itself is not a bad thing. It's our drive for finding a success that doesn't really matter that can become the bad thing for us. So hopefully today as we're talking through, um, my hope is that every single one of us has things go off in our brain that goes, oh yeah, that, that is a priority or whatever that I'm, I'm, I'm not healthy right now. Now, we're going to look at a story of Jesus uh, and I, I am grateful that as you look at the stories of Jesus, he doesn't come off as one who seeks after worldly adoration. If anybody could have sought after worldly adoration, I'm thinking it was Jesus. Dude was pretty awesome. And you're going to see in this story that we're going to look at right now, uh, he has a, a conversation with a, a dude named Pilate. And this is right before Jesus is going to go and get executed. And there's a point in this story where Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? And it's amazing how Jesus responds to this because I'm telling you, if, if, if I was in Jesus' situation here, I'd have responded differently. All right, so we're looking at John 18, starting in verse 28. It says, Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. And Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now, my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, Pilate says. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world to test is to testify to truth. Everyone on this side of truth listens to me. Now, as I'm looking through this, I'm seeing something... And it, there's an interesting idea that came into my brain. Jesus, if he would have stayed in the, in the line of work that he was in before becoming a, a, a traveling preacher, he probably would have been seen as a success story by the world around him. Jesus was a carpenter, and he was pretty good, I'm thinking, at being a carpenter. He, up until about 30 years old, he had studied carpentry, most likely under his, his earthly dad, Joseph, uh, maybe under some other people. But I'm guessing, and Jesus usually did things pretty well, I'm guessing he was a pretty good carpenter. I'm also guessing even if he was a bad carpenter, he could, he could build a table and be like, man, that just doesn't, that doesn't look right. Good table exists. And like a good table would just pop out of nowhere because that's Jesus. So he, one way or another, this guy was a good carpenter. And around 30 years old, he pulls on Michael Jordan in 1993 when he retired from basketball and he says, I'm, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to do something different. And he decides to, to go into ministry to become a traveling preacher. Not really a plan in store. 
except to follow where God is calling him to go. I was about 21 years old when, when I got married and stepped into full-time ministry. Well, it was part-time, and then like a year and a half later, it became full-time. I didn't really have a huge plan, but I, I, I kind of had certain plans of what I was going to do. And I'm going to tell you, my, my soon-to-be at the time father-in-law, now he is my father-in-law for the last 20 years, he was not super excited about, about his daughter marrying a, a preacher. It didn't seem like a real big success plan, I think, in his eyes. And I, and I understand why. Um, but you see Jesus in this story, and he gives up a success plan to live in this, this life of a carpenter, to go and to do something where he was going to actually have to depend on other people as he traveled to welcome him in. And then you look three years after he got into this ministry. What happened three years after? It doesn't look like a success story. He was killed three years after he got into ministry. That, that's, not, like, that's not great, right? Three, year, three years and they had enough with you. This is not most people's image of success. You look at this, this passage and Jesus actually has an opportunity to stake claim to an amazing title. To be, to be called the king of the Jews. Now tell me, if somebody asks you in, in earnestness, like, are you the king of something? I tell people I'm the king of things before they even have a chance to ask. Like, if we're about to play a game of Catan, I sit down and I'm like, just so you know, I'm the king of this, and I'm going to beat you really bad. I make homemade macaroni, and before the kids even can eat it, I'm like, all right, king of macaroni right here, just so you know. And I let everybody know this stuff. I pour a bowl of cereal, and I'm like, I'm the king of pouring bowls of cereal. I'm really good at this. I eat a lot of cereal. I am, I am a master of it. I tell people what I'm, what I'm good at. And Jesus had the opportunity to take this claim of being king of the Jews, and he didn't do it. Why would he not do it? He actually says it right in this passage, what he was all about. He says that his kingdom is not of this world. So he is saying he's a king, but he's like, my kind of kingdom... What is success in my kingdom looks totally different than what looks like success to you, Pilate. It's a totally different thing. He wasn't born to make a name for himself in this world. He actually says here, he was born to testify to the truth. That was what he was about. Could have been a king, but he chose differently. His mission, his vision for success was for people to be given the truth so that they could chew on it. That was pretty much it. You see, God's idea of success and man's idea of success are, are usually not even in the same book, let alone on the same page. When we think we got a, an understanding of what is making us a success, there's so many times where I think God wants to hit us over the head and be like, no, that's not it yet. Something different. I think we are called to be people who aim at success, to do well in the things that we do, but for reasons sometimes that is different than God's reasons. I was talking with my friend Josh Calhoun this last week. Um, for those of you who don't know him, he is our worship leader and, and uh, creative arts director in, at our Beloit campus. And he also, before he, he became a pastor, he was in this band called Citizen Way. And they have tons of, of popular songs on popular Christian radio. And I'll be, I'm going to be honest with you, and I even said this to him when we were talking the other day. We were at his, his daughter's softball game, just standing around talking about music. And I'm like, dude, I love you. You know that. But my kids play your music way too much. 
I can't, I can't even stand half your songs anymore. He's like, I know. He actually said his wife played one of their albums too much, and he had to go to his wife and be like, I love you, but stop playing that music. Um, but I asked him while we were talking about this, I'm like, is it hard to make music that doesn't sound like the rest of your music? And he said something that, that was interesting to me. He's like, no, it's, it's not actually the melodies that's hard to make sound different. What's hard for me is writing things not about my faith. And he said, sometimes I have to, I'll sit down, I'm trying to write music with non-Christians. And I just get to a point where I tell the guys, I'm like, I, I got nothing. Like, I don't know what to write about. He's like, if it's a relationship with my wife, faith is going to come into it. Whatever I'm talking about, faith is going to come into it. And it got me thinking about this message a little bit in that, just like with Josh, he can't, he can't distance himself from his faith in Jesus. The same thing is with our, our idea of what success is should never be able to be distanced from the central relationship that we have with Jesus. It all comes back to that. Our success has to be tied to Jesus. You know, for Jesus, his father was always going to be the center of his mission. There's a, a number of things that he says in scripture that's interesting. He says in John 5.30, I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. John 6.38, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. John 10.10, 10, The thief comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, Jesus always had his mission centered around what the Father's will for his life was. Anything that was going to be a success for Jesus. I'm sure that there were times where he built a really beautiful table and he's like, oh, that's awesome. But that wasn't his mission. And I think that he could even glorify his father by what he did with his carpentry skills. Just like you and I with our jobs, we glorify God. But, but, but those things are not our mission. It's amazing how many times, even as Christians, we get into the place where we start to live our job as though it's our mission in life. It's not. It's not our mission. Our mission is the same like Jesus was. His mission was to glorify his Father. Our mission is to glorify God. That is what the mission is. And when we, when we actually give in to that mission, that's where our success comes. Success, according to Jesus, is doing the will of his Father, giving people life in him. That doesn't look like my version of success a lot of the time. Doing God's will, giving people life through Jesus. It's just not what I think of success on an everyday basis. I wonder sometimes if Jesus wasn't a little bit annoyed with Pilate when he was asking these questions, and if he didn't want to have a little bit of a smart aleck response at some point to him. Like, you've been in spots before where somebody's talking to you, and they're acting like they've got authority over you, or that they're better than you at something, and you're like, no, you're not. You don't have that over me. How did he not want to just, like, yeah, Pilate, you think you're a king. You're, not, you're just a little, you're a little guy. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, and he just, he didn't do it. It's amazing to me how Jesus would time and time again just, he would actually hide who he was from people. I don't try to hide who I am from people unless it's the bad stuff. <laughs> I hide the bad stuff, but if it's something good, man, I, raise your hand if you're good at humble bragging like me right? No, none of you, whatever. Thank you for one honest person. Humble bragging is awesome because you can tell people how great you are without telling them. But Jesus would hide himself from people. He would heal somebody and he'd be like, hey, I know I just 
I, I healed you, but like, don't go tell anybody. And I'd be like, hey, what I did right there, let everybody know. Because that was awesome. Jesus, I, I think about, you know, kids on the playground. You're talking to kids on the playground when you're a little kid, elementary school, and everybody's like, my dad's better than you because my dad's whatever. And I'm like, what? A, Jesus could have been like, my dad is God. Like, my dad knows where your dad is right now, and he could take you out. Jesus wouldn't have said that. I'm not saying Jesus would have said that. But that's what I would have done. Jesus hides himself from the world. He didn't have to be acknowledged by people for who he was. It wasn't his goal. He didn't have to feel like he arrived because people saw who he was. Now, I can say for certain, uh, not being Jesus, not being perfect like Jesus, I am never going to be totally okay just with knowing that God loves me. There is going to be something in me that's going to want people to see that I have arrived. There's going to be something in me where I want people to see that I'm, I'm good at my job or I'm working hard or, or look, he tries to stay in shape. All these things that I put my identity in, that I try to find success in, but the real success and the real identity is something totally different than that. And I think if we want to, if we want to be healthy people when it comes to our approval, what makes us okay in the world we got to do this. Let go of image-based success. Let go of your concern about what others are thinking about you. If we can get to the place where it's not about my image that people are seeing me as anymore, and it's about who I know Jesus sees me as, and just so you remember, he, he went to a cross and died while you were still a sinner, which means that his image of you is pretty okay. Until we get to the place where we see ourselves in light of Jesus, how he sees us, we're going to try to always get approval from other people. That's how we're going to find success. What is it that makes you feel like you've arrived? Is it when other people acknowledge that you've arrived? What is it that makes you feel okay in the world? Like you're, you're, you're all right. Is it when other people are commending you for all the things? Or is it when you look to the cross and you see, Jesus, Jesus thinks I'm good enough that he was willing to die even though I was a, mess up. I was a total mess up. This stuff, is, this stuff is tough for us to get in our heads. Uh, talking about this with a buddy the other day at, while we were at this Speed the Light fundraiser. And he was saying, you know, I, as, a, as a youth pastor, there's so many times where, man, when things are going really good and kids are coming to youth group and it seems like everything in the ministry is good, that's when I'm, I'm in a good place and I feel good. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's exactly how Satan wants us to feel. Because then when, when all of a sudden kids stop coming to youth group and people aren't coming to church and then we look and we're like I just feel bad about stuff and I was talking to him about how there, there has to come a point where our identity isn't placed on the success that we're having in the outer world but where it comes in knowing who God has made me to be and knowing how God sees me I, I, I'm sure I've talked with you about this before but uh, when I was dating Crystal there was a, a we dated for five years, and three of those years, I was really struggling with this idea that I am not, I'm just not a lovable person. I'm not likable. But you know what? This girl who's the nicest girl that anybody knows, she thinks I'm okay. It means I'm okay. And it was about three years into the relationship, maybe four, where I started to realize it's not because she loves me that I'm loved. It's because Jesus loves me that I'm loved. And all of a sudden, my, I started, the, my behavior actually started to change a little bit. That's how we see ourselves as the success that God sees us as. 
not with the world around us, but that I am so loved that God would be willing to go to the cross through Jesus and die on that cross for me. But we look for success in all these other ways. I love how Ray, Ray Ortland says this about success. He says, forsake all fraudulent success. Make Jesus your goal, your arrival, your identity, your comfort, your okayness, and he'll gladly give himself to you and on terms of grace. But reach for anything else and it will turn into its opposite and it is going to betray you. What makes you feel like you've arrived? If anything is satisfying you in terms of whether or not you've arrived or you are okay, if anything other than Jesus is your satisfaction point for that, it is not going to last. It's not going to satisfy you indefinitely. See, the gospel, the story of Jesus that we call the gospel, it is not a self-improvement story. It is not a self-improvement goal for you to, here's how you become a better person. It's not telling you the way to success. What it is, is it's telling you, it's actually a judgment on us. The, The gospel, the story of Jesus is a judgment on you and me that on our own, we are not a success and we never will be. Stop trying. Now, I should, I should, there's a caveat there. Don't stop trying to be good at your job. Don't stop trying to be good at parenting. God, God calls us to glorify him in everything. But if you're trying to arrive and, be consider, and to consider yourself a success by becoming a success, stop it. Jesus became your replacement. The whole story of the gospel is that he died on a cross to forgive you and to become your success because you can't do it yourself. There is no hope for you if all you're, all you're trying to do is you're trying to run after ways where you're going to make gains in your life to get this thing that you're trying to grab onto. You're never going to grab onto value apart from Jesus. People have tried to do it throughout all the ages, through all forms of success, and it doesn't add up. I love what Paul says in Philippians 3. He says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Now it is important for us to realize that we are people of of depth. I don't think there's one person here who would be like, yeah, I consider my job garbage because I'm a Christian. No. I don't think that's exactly what Paul is trying to say here. He is saying, in comparison to knowing the love that Jesus has given to me, Everything is garbage. And that means that when it comes to how I see myself as a a success, to how I'm going to spend my time with my family and my loved ones, all of it is garbage compared to knowing Jesus and making him known. Everything else is garbage. You see, most successes that we aim for are not unhealthy until they become the main thing. This is where it comes to the, the, the idol worship. When we make our successes in life our idol, when we make our job our idol, when we do all these things, and what we're doing is we're pushing God out of the way. We're pushing God out of the way and we're bringing something else in its place that is not healthy for us. And I think we know that this happens in a lot of ways because what happens is the things that we, that we put at the, at the top of the pedestal of here's what is my success place, when it doesn't happen and we don't see success there, we start to get angry or we start to worry about it all the time. I was a worrywart growing up as a kid and I'd worry about stuff because I was putting 
success in areas of school and sports and all that stuff as that was the thing that was most important. And it's not. Jesus is the perfect example for us of somebody who considered everything garbage if it wasn't lined up with God's will for his life. That was the only thing that really mattered. It didn't even matter to him where he put his head to sleep at night. I'm telling you what, I slept in the back of my van this weekend trying to sleep in the middle of walking all these laps and running. And it's just not fun to sleep in an uncomfortable place. Jesus did that all the time because he was following after God's will. We see people sleeping uh, in a car and we go, "Hmm, that's an unsuccessful life. Everything about Jesus' life to us in this day and age looked unsuccessful. Except he was the, most success, the biggest success story that there ever has been. He always had the end game in mind. The end game was not of getting power. It wasn't even of getting a following. The end game was our salvation from sin. That was all it was about. And the only way that that end game was going to be successful was for Jesus to take a path that didn't look successful. In fact, it looked so unsuccessful, it actually was a path of death. Jesus took on our defeat so at the end of his life, he could successfully execute the purpose that had been given to him from the beginning of time. I think real success for us, it might look more like us looking towards the end of our lives than looking towards tomorrow only. Uh, One of our pastors said this, look at the end of your life, and what you want it to be, then work backward from there. So the end of my life, what is it that I want? I'll tell you right now what I want more than anything at the end of my life. I want my four daughters to know and love Jesus with all their heart, and I want them to bring whoever they can with them. If that happens, I don't care what else I do in life, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home to Jesus feeling like it was a success. That's all that matters. And I, and I look at the things that I'm looking at tomorrow of what will make me feel like a success is to work hard on my job and do something productive. For somebody to say, hey, that was a nice sermon that you preached yesterday. Don't come and say that just because I said that. Okay, but those are the things that I look for. If I'm looking just for tomorrow, but I'm telling you, all the things that I look for as success for tomorrow, 99% of it, when it comes to the day that I die and I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to care about it. The things I'm going to care about is Did this guy love Jesus with all of his heart? Did this guy care for the people that were were put in his life day to day? Did this guy love his wife and his children more than anything else in the world? Those are the only things I'm going to care about on my deathbed. Those are the areas where true success is going to be. Why am I giving myself to so many things that that has nothing to do with with the real success? It's why I think it's the most important thing I have as a job with, with my, my kids. I want them to love church, and I want them to love the people at church. I want them to love the people at church so much that they would give up hanging out at home by themselves or hanging out with friends to be with church people. Why? Because the odds of them growing closer to Jesus that way are a little bit better. So that's what we're going to do. But you know, it's really easy for me to push my kids into things, uh, push them for success in things that, that tells them the wrong story. If I push them too hard in sports or in academics, and, and the reason that we do that a lot of times is, if, well, if my kid's a success there, then somebody else is going to see me as a success because that's my kids. That's messed up. But we push our kids to success for all the wrong reasons and show them all the wrong stuff. So here's a hard question we have to ask ourselves, or that I have to ask myself at least. 
How much of what I do every day works toward the success of winning my family to Jesus for the long term? How much of what I do is aiming toward success that would matter most on my deathbed as opposed to success in the moment? Now, again, it maybe sounds like, well, success in the moment, success on my deathbed, same thing. No, it's not. Again, you are not going to care about 99% of the things that you care about today when you're on your deathbed. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of those things that we're going to care about the last day of our life and work backward from there. I want to share real quick something from Jeremiah 17 as I close up. Jeremiah says this, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It never fails to bear fruit. Too often we think of success in life as though it's like climbing a ladder, this so-called ladder of success. And we like the ladder of success because it's really easy to know that we've climbed it. It's easy to know, to know that I've, I've moved along, I've progressed in my job or my position, whatever, and so that ladder is easy for us. But I think the real image of success looks a lot more like this, this story here that Jeremiah is telling us. It's about a tree by the water, by the stream. And what happens with that tree is that tree, it, it digs its roots deep down into the ground. And, and its roots start going all the way over to that stream that will, that will fill it with life. I've got a tree in my yard. Somebody gave it to us last year. The thing I hate about trees is you, you never know if they're dead. This thing looks really, really dead. But the reason I don't really know is trees grow really slowly. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, it looks dead, but I don't know, it could be growing like a little bit. So I just keep it in the ground. I got this dead stick in my ground, you guys. But here's the thing I love about trees. They do take forever to grow. And we want to climb the ladder of success because we're impatient. But this beautiful tree that gives life, it takes going deep into the ground and getting nurtured within that ground. What happens underneath the ground is just as important, in fact, more important than what happens above. I need to root myself in Jesus. I need to root myself in God's word so that real life can spring forth rather than just climbing the ladder of success. And as, and as I root myself deep in Jesus, what happens is this tree grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And something good comes of it. Success, real success happens. Not the impatient ladder of success. Success. But the stuff that matters in the end. Looking at your life today, does your success bring life to other people? Does your greatest success have anything to do with shining the light on Jesus? Or does your success have everything to do with you? With you arriving in this world? I really do believe success is a wonderful thing. I think we all should strive for it. But what is your success if it's not bringing glory to the one who ultimately deserves all the glory? Does what you're running after in life, does it actually really matter in the way that you think it matters today? See, I believe none of, it, none of it actually matters if Jesus isn't at the center of it. If Jesus isn't at the center, whatever you're finding your success in life with, it's going to be empty by the end of time. Making Jesus known, that is what our true success is. And so my question for you as I close up is this. How is your life putting Jesus at the center in order to make other people 
know who Jesus is in order to make him known? How is your life putting Jesus at the center? It's not an easy process for us, but I think all of us, we need to ask ourselves that. How do I feel like I'm arriving? How do I feel like I'm a success? Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.